Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come, Lord, and let your will be done on earth and in Secunda and in Shofar Secunda. Let it be done in our midst as you have planned in heaven, Lord. Give us tonight, Lord, spiritually what we need, Lord, and take also care of our natural needs. Give us what we need. that we may love you and be happy and content. Thank you, Lord, that you are a forgiver of sins. And tonight I want to bring every heart before you and ask that you will wash them clean upon invitations that comes from the chairs, Lord. And also help us, Lord, to forgive those that sin against us because it is a reality and it does happen, Lord. Give us the strength to be like Jesus that we also can forgive, Lord. Help us to be more like the Trinity as we love and worship you in this church. Amen. I want to talk a little bit tonight on what it is for a community to look, to look like Jesus, to look Christ-like. And, and, and I know there's many more than five, but I, I'm calling this, this message tonight, the Christ-like community, five things healthy churches believe. Five things healthy churches believe. And I think we do very well when it comes to health in these aspects, but I think we always want to grow, amen? And also the more we know what we do, that's in line with the heart of God. The more we know what it is, the more we can be intentional about these things and do better in them. All right? So um, this is my heart for tonight. Uh, as we were just singing, that's not on there. I was just reminded of the verse in 1 John 1 verse 8. It says, if we say we have no sin, then we say God is a liar. Because God says you do have sin. Maybe you are washed if you've called on Christ, but you are not sinless, one day you will be delivered, finally, okay? What that means is the enemy still helps us to at times do things we don't want to do. Say things, if we just could think a little longer before we spoke, then we would have, wouldn't have said those words, right? You know what I'm talking about? Sin is still busy in us, taking advantage of our weaknesses, but we've got a great Savior, Right, who forgives our sins and every time when we come to him, forgives us and causes us to grow. But we are gathered in a community with people that do still carry sin. And, and I'm the first one, all right? So, so what does this Christ-like community then look like if we say there's something here from heaven? I mean, God has come down, he's forgiven us, the spirit is living amongst us, yet we have sin. What does it mean for us and how do we navigate some of these Difficult things 
that we face in church. And that's what I want to address tonight. So I'm going to read a little bit all over the place tonight. I'm not going to be as much uh, scripture focused. So just see the core idea almost coming through a few scriptures. And then I'm going to be very fast in landing these five things that I believe the Spirit has laid on my heart for tonight. Things that healthy churches believe. And I want us to put petrol on the flames. In John 17, Jesus prays and he says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Okay? Jesus wants a growing community. That they may all be one. That's why he's praying. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The way we do love and relationship should lead people to say, there must be a God. That's a high call. That's a high call. Let's go on. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them. Why? That they may be one, even as we are one. I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them, even as you have loved me. We see that idea again, that they may become one. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, a different place in the Bible, if you have love for one another. So we see this, this definitely this strong leadership from Christ, this heart that he, that he says and he prays unto us, Father, I want them to be one. And not only that, it's almost like you see that command coming through. Now be one. Now be that light. We see the Apostle Paul picking it up in Ephesians. He says, I therefore, prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Okay, walk worthy, walk worthy because you have been called. And then he goes on and he connects that idea of walking worthy of your calling with, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. We see that oneness again. And look at verse 3, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And it's exactly the opposite than what the posture of the world is. Um, if you, I was fortunate and unfortunate to be a part of, you know, just being a part of social media during Survivor, it was just inevitable. You've got people watching with their phones to see you make a mistake so they can push you down. Okay, so I'm out of that, so I'm holding it from a distance. That's the posture. I can't believe that person is like this. Share, like, comment. I can't believe. It's not eager to maintain love and unity. It's eager to break down. Eager to show I've seen something about you and, and, and to criticize and hurt. And we can't help to walk with that into church, even if it's below the layers of our heart, right? But the Apostle Paul writes, he says, be eager, be eager to maintain the unity of a spirit. Be eager to maintain a love connection with your small group leader. Be eager. Think about it. Think how to strengthen that bond. 
Be eager to maintain unity with those serving with you on different teams. Be eager to it. Not just, don't let it be there if it's nice. Be eager to make it happen. Right? Put, put your shoulder into it. If your friends in church, your accountability partner. We've got John that also writes in 1 John, whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him there's no cause for stumbling. These are packed verses. By this we know love, that he lay down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Right? Following his example. And then we see a little bit of the other side. I'm just throwing a few things in the pot and then we'll stir it nicely. On the other side, we also see that believers experience relational challenges. And scripture, uh, scripture is not silent about this. Scripture does not say, oh, you will be one and then there's silence. No, it, it shows us that there's times when that oneness is not there and how to repair it. So let's just quickly look at it. If you are offering your gift at the altar, if you are entering a time of prayer, if you're coming to church and you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go, first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. What the scripture is saying is be quickly, be quick and be eager to restore unity. That's what it's saying. Be eager to maintain the unity among one another. In Matthew 18, verse 15, it says, if your brother sins against you, okay, you see, Scripture shows us it's going to happen, right? Let's think about expectations. Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. I'm going to read that part again. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother, one-on-one. I I have a rule, and I've learned it from a mentor. There's no such thing as people said. People is not a person. People are worried. No, they're not. That people have a name. (laughs) And if they're worried about something concerning Anu, they go to Anu. Anu, I'm worried about this. It's not people I heard... That, that speech will not be welcome in this congregation. People have not said, it's Garmo said, or it's Mark prayed about this and worried, or it's Aubrey, and we solve it quickly. People don't talk. Amen? We have to be firm about these things because we want to be different in the world. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother. Look at this, Proverbs 12, verse 18. We're just getting started. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Whose words sometimes are like sword thrusts? Okay. And sometimes they are like agents maybe uh, of healing. Other times, it hurts. Okay? These things happen in our midst, right? Last one before we get into it. 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there's no law. Now, we all love it when in our communication, our relationship, there is goodness and there is kindness and there is patience. But the thing about fruit, and especially the fruit of the Spirit, is that it is always growing and developing more into the fruit it should be. So... If you rewind one or two years, even if you're a believer, your kindness and your goodness is not necessarily where God wants it to be. So even though it is our fruit, we are still walking, working towards it. And at times, the fruit just falls from the tree. Let's be honest. We come to God and we, we just realize, Lord, that the words I said there might be the truth, but it did not come of patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, peace. No. It came with jealousy. It came with anger. So what I said was wrong. Please forgive me. Where does these things happen? Church. Expectation management is very important. We know that. So what do we do? I'm asking this question again. This Christ-like community, how does it look? What are five things that healthy churches believe? I believe if we grab onto these things, we will be healthier those rash words, they will still be spoken in this church 2030. Write it down. Right? Someone will offend you at least once every year until the day Jesus comes. All right? Whether it's in this church or another. So what do we do? Let's, let's see what, what Scripture tells us. Now, I'm going to share a little bit out of my own life and, and go to um, some Scripture, but... I remember, you know, when someone <laughs> really pressed through my sin to get to my heart so that I could receive Jesus. And, and the person that came to my home, uh, his name was Carl, and he's preached here before. Who remembers him? I was, I, I was rude to him because he would come to my home two or three afternoons in the week, and, and I knew why he would come. He wants to share Jesus with me. And I don't want to hear about loving and serving Jesus because I was living in sin. And I thought that, you know, it would fill me and make me happy. So when he came and that doorbell rang, I'm like, oh, now I need to pretend I want to hear what he wants to say, you know, and be nice. And then, you know, I was kind of stuck in a difficult place. But because he continued with me, uh, one day I accepted the Lord. He continued because he pressed past my sin. You know, things we often hear, um, just be honest if you've heard this before. I don't want to go to that church because that person is there and they are a skellum. Who's heard something like that before? Come on, be honest. All right. I don't want to go to that church because that person goes in and, and they, they are a hypocrite. Who's heard something like that before? Come on. Yes, yes. All right. Okay. Now, here's the thing. When a woman was caught in adultery, she was brought before a group of men which wanted to stone her, wanted to hurt her, kill her. And Jesus said, okay, if you have no sin, you can cast the first stone. And no one threw a stone, put their stones down. The only one qualified to throw a stone was Jesus. He had no sin. And he walked to this woman after what happened just now, it's, it's quite a serious thing. We know it. 
He walks to her. And, and what does he tell her? He doesn't say, hey, remember, I just love you. Just keep, it doesn't matter what you do. You're born this way. I love you. Nonsense like that. He says, go and sin no more. Receive mercy. Receive grace. But before he could release that word, he had to push past the sin to get to her. The, the, men, the men wasn't willing. They wanted to, to hurt her. Another instance, some people say it might be the same woman. We're not sure. A woman of the night came with her activities, bought a very expensive oil, and she threw it on Jesus' feet, cried on his feet, washed his feet with her hair, and one of the Pharisees thought in his heart, if he only knew the sin, if he only knew, I would not go to that place, I will not mix with that person. He would not allow her to touch him. And he said, he who is forgiven much, loves much. And he presses through once again, knowing what she does, he knows, into her life, and she's changed. It says, the next chapter, it mentions her name, following Jesus as he goes and minister. And the first thing I believe, healthy churches believes, is this thing about Jesus, that Jesus loved through sin, or you can say loves through sin. And as a result, people turn from sin. He loves through sin. He's not, he's not scared of sin. It's not like, you know, he, he runs away. He, he gets in there. He, he steps in there. He touches. He prays. He understands. And then he says, rise and no more. Are we willing to press past through the sin that people have? Here's the thing. If we are not, we can close the doors. We can close the doors. Because guess who gets saved? Sinners. Self-righteous people in their own mind and heart, they don't need a savior. We will reach sinners. Let's arm ourselves with a heart and with action to press past sin so that we can reach the heart. This is what healthy churches believe. Amen? It's good that that sinner came to church. It's good that that quote-unquote hypocrite came to church. Where else must they receive help? Let them come. But we're going, to get, we're going to return to it a little bit later again. Let's go on. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of a harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, point number two. You'll see, if we go back one slide, please, Michelle. At every, at every point I say, in this church, let's do this. Let's, I believe we are, but let's intentionally put it on like clothes, again, let's arm our hearts, right? I'm going to say that with each point we make. Pray earnestly, this is Jesus, that God will send more people into the harvest. God longs for more sinners to meet him. And then Jesus says, we must pray that God will send more. And I want to say, something very straight, and I, I really believe, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I forgot to say it tonight, I said it this morning, I'm going to offend a few people tonight, is that okay? 
But one of my points is on forgiveness. So then at, at the end, you can just forgive me again. Because that's what the Bible said, okay? Is that all right? I'm just going to throw this out here. It, it goes back to number one. Healthy churches knows this. You need capacity to harvest at least one fruit. You need the capacity in your life to at least reach out to one person. One. I want to say this again. You need the capacity to harvest at least one fruit. If you say, listen to me, this is one of the times where I'm going to offend you. I can't. I'm too busy. You are busy with the wrong things. You might be missing your calling. Allowing time to pass. One fruit. One fruit. If you, if you write the names down of people that lives with your family members, you'll probably get to 50 names. One. I'm not saying the responsibility is on you that they repent, but I'm saying actively you should at least have the capacity to work in the field for one. That means time in prayer reaching out in person, if that person is at work, if they're far, reaching out on the phone, reaching out, working in the field, because Jesus prayed and asked us to pray that people will go out, and you are one of them. One. All right? One. Healthy churches are never satisfied because they know the only reason God is waiting is preparing a place there's a time of grace and mercy for more people that, let's say this, are going to hell to meet Jesus and be saved. One fruit. Always. One, at least. Amen? And maybe it's uh, like we've heard the last three months, we were speaking about God on the throne, God on the throne, and, and, and it's not an idea we want to let go. But I think maybe something that will come up more and more next year is who's your one? Who's your one? Who's your one? You are called into the field to be productive with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Healthy churches knows this. For am I now seeking, we're going on, the approval of man or God, or am I trying to please man? If I was still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. I want to tell you guys a story. Maybe I've told this long ago. I gave my heart to God at the end of matric, through the ministry of Coral that always came to my home and rang the bell, focusing on his one. And uh, I remember being baptized like moments before the bus left to take me to Stellenbosch for the first year's camp. So this is, you belong to Jesus, and now you can go to Stellenbosch. Because if it was the other way around, I might have messed up big time. And I walked into Shofa Stellenbosch, and, and God just confronted me. The first man I walked into was Pastor Sias. Uh, who knows him? First time, he says, never seen me before. He comes to me, he says, Jy gaan prim wees van huis, Marie. 
and he walks past. My second year, they elected me as prim. So my first encounter with the Holy Spirit was my first day in church. God said, this is your house. So I go, I love it. I like it here. I mean, I mean, it's a big, I mean, big church, lots of stuff going on. Imagine this room being full to the end. At times when we had relationship month, the students were sitting in the aisles. <laughs> you know, they were sitting on the floor and, and sermons just went on. And, and God said, do you like your house? And I said, I love my house. I, I love it here. And I started to grow. Um, and what happened is one day I remember being asked in my heart, am I here because of the great people, the great friends, or am I here because of God? And I said, no, I'm, I'm here because of you, Lord. That's why I'm here. I love you. God said, no, it's all right. You, you, you just remember it is about me. Then something happened. And I started to go out with a, with a young lady in church. I was in my third year. She was in church. I was in church. And we had a good relationship. We had a good, godly relationship. But what happened is I stepped into their home through a relationship with her. Then her mom and dad came to church. They got baptized. And then her brother, then her sister. So in their eyes, I was quite a key person in their home. I, I, I don't remember doing a lot. I really just know God bringing momentum. But then after 10 months, God just told me, this is not your wife. I think I didn't listen in the beginning, if I'm really honest. I was wrong. So I broke a heart and the heart of the whole family. The family was very close with the leaders of Shofar. And when we broke up, my name became a swear word in the leadership of Shofar. And as the telephone went, some of the stuff really wasn't true. Maybe they experienced it like that. But like, you know, Vanner is harsh. He's cold, he's, and I, and I do think it was sore for them. But then I heard from friends that worked in the church office that my name came up. And then I started to be challenged. So am I in show for, for God? Or am I in show for, for the people? Because right now the people doesn't like me. <laughs> And I remember it, it came to four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon and church is at five. And I'm like, Lord, I'm in my room locked or I don't know. I don't know if I can do this, you know, because this is like, it's that time. It's a hard time. And, and I, I just found the strength and I went to church. I worshiped God and I know I remember the tears came down and I felt some pressure. And I just went back to church week after week, week after week, week after week. And one day the office called me in. I said, we want to chat with you. And they apologized. It was like a few months after. They said, we got it wrong. Sorry, that is. But I had to stay for God to receive healing at the end. I believe that healthy churches and healthy church communities gets this. To be there for people, you must remember that you are not there because of people. You are here or wherever God has planted you because he planted you. Are you here because of God or because of people? That's a very important question to ask. Because when the challenges come that challenge you at your roots, 
what you believe here will become evident. Shift your focus to God. People will disappoint you. We know that. Healthy churches. Does everyone get this? Does everyone believe it? No, there's not a chance. But let us press in and grow when it comes to this. Amen? You are here to serve God. Not Shofar Secunda. You are here to serve God. Not to get a high five from Varys. I like giving high fives. Don't make a mistake. But you might be missed for four months. Are you here for my approval or for God's approval? I have to ask that question. Amen? Let's be here for Jesus. In this church, let's do this. Amen? Just tap your O next to you and say waffles with Romans. <laughs> All right. Um, let's go on. We're almost there. We spoke about this a while back. Uh, we, 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 we get to a place in Luke where Jesus tells a story about these two men going up to pray. One is a religious man known for his public faith and one is a sinner and the story picks up in verse 11 the pharisee standing by himself prayed like prayed thus god i thank you that i'm not like the other men extortioners unjust adulterers or even like this tax collector i uh, fast twice a week i give tithes for all that i get on the other side the tax collector standing afar off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven but beat his breast saying god be merciful to me a sinner i tell you this man went down to his house justified rather than the other one for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled but the one who humbles himself will be exalted now I'm, I'm taking us to a very sensitive point, and I want you to get my heart here. Um, I'm, I am intentional with how straight I bring this across because I want to rattle our foundations and get health in there. We've, we've heard this probably the most when it comes to church. Most. Some people will not go to church at all. And the thing I hear the most is people that go to church are hypocrites or people that goes to church lives a double life they are fake right sometimes someone will say no that's why i don't go to that church or this church because people are hypocrites it's very important that we get this principle down let's go to point number four worshiping Listen up. With so-called hypocrites is important. This means you are also welcome. Let's be honest about this. Who's the first one? Most mornings I pray, Lord, make me a better husband. Most evenings I repent. I got it wrong. I can't even live up to my word unto myself. Most of us say, no, I want to exercise this year. 
eat this. Hypocrite. You said it. You said it, but you did not do it. Let's be happy that the blood of Jesus washes people that speaks rashly like us. We are all hypocrites. We are all. So the idea is, if this Pharisee in this parable was standing here ready to pray, and maybe he looked across and he saw a sinner. Um, some of the, the, the men, men took more taxes than they were allowed to. And, 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 and maybe he knew this man. Maybe this man did him injustice. Maybe this very man stole from him. And he sees this man crying and worshiping God. His response should have been this. How great is your arm to say? Sinners like that man I know and me. How great is your grace that you can reach any person like this man I know and me. And how great is your arm to reach so many more out there. That is the response. And so when you stand in church and you know someone that did something because you used to work with them, something bad happened and Let's just use the word, according to you, I mean, that, that's a hypocrite or a liar or a thief. And they're standing and they're worshiping and God is working in their lives while you are standing here. Be happy. That means you are also welcome to worship God. Because when he saw your sin, he pressed through, reached your heart. Amen. What this is actually saying is that a healthy churches has grace for people who have sinned. That's it. We have grace for people who are sinners like us. Amen? Are you offended? Edulinia, like you are tired. Let's go on. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. Put on then as God's chosen one, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against the other, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. The last thing that I believe for today, healthy churches believe, is they have disciples that says sorry and forgive quickly. They believe us. Um, I like it the way people put this metaphorically. Let's have short accounts with one another. If, if something bothers you with a friend, speak to your friend. Don't brainstorm with 10 people murmuring. Speak to your friend. Because after that conversation is a friendship that's stronger. And that's what the Bible tells us to do. And these are some of the things I believe healthy churches hold on to. 
for the people that sometimes makes it hard for you or, or maybe they get you in a corner. I don't go to church because there's too much sin. Yes. The question is not whether there's sin or not. The question is, is the church being equipped to handle it? Are they being trained to ask forgiveness? Are they being trained to care? Are they being trained to, to move past sin so that heart can be reached? Amen? When I came, to, I'm the pastor today, right? It took me, after being saved, I'll be honest with you, five months to expel pornography out of my life. Five months. It sounds short, it's a long time. But people were patient with me, they helped me. Help me. And so God has placed you amongst other people to help them and be there for, for them. And maybe you are the one that needs help at this moment. But let this church be a place that's healthy in asking forgiveness, giving forgiveness, going to one another, building relationship, following the example of Jesus. Amen. Tomorrow morning or, to, or this evening, um, how can I forgive my friend? Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what you do. When you come to God in the name of Jesus and you say, Lord, I'm just bringing the sin before you, boom, forgiven. As it is done unto you, so let it flow. And that's a hard one, number five, because I know that some of you here are loving on people, but they are closing their hearts. I know that's hard. I want to encourage you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't harden your heart against that person at this moment that's refusing a relationship or against that person that will not hear. Don't harden your heart because one morning they wake up, they need to find your door open and ready on that day of visitation. Amen? Let's stand up tonight. Thank you. Let's, if you can just lift up your eyes, we see Jesus in this here. He's the one who pressed past your sin to get to you. He didn't give up when he was reaching out to you in this world. He laid himself on the cross. No one, no one pressed him down. No one could hold him down. He laid himself down. And he's asking of you and me to put ourselves among the harvest. That's it. Let us remember that even Jesus, when he spoke, he said, I do not speak my own words. I'm not here of my own account. He was focused on the Father and we were the recipients of great grace. And, and even for you, even if you are new around, you're serving, why are you here? I'll, I'll give you the answer and you figure it out. You are here because of God. That others may benefit. Isn't that amazing? Worshipping with sinners is important because so are you. And there's grace for both. I used a specific strong word there to, to rattle you in the cage of your heart. We should not get chillax with our sin. We still carry it. Let us bring it before God quickly. Amen. Let us bring it quickly before Him and experience so much love and forgiveness. Disciples say sorry and forgive quickly like our Savior.
even though he never has to say sorry, he still took the punishment. And after that, he's been forgiving since, ever since. Isn't that amazing? Where you are standing, what I want you to do is to ask the Holy Spirit. Just pray, Holy Spirit, which of these are the most applicable for me at this moment? Don't be confused. Don't, don't let it feel like too much on your plate. Take one. Which one jumps out to you tonight? And then where you are standing, I'd, I'd want to invite you just to pray and say, Lord, I want you to help me with number two. Help me, Lord. I'm asking you. Let's pray. Let's pray in this place. We worship you, Lord. In your own words, let's respond. Let's not think prayers, believers. Let's pray. Let's pray to our God. Lift our hearts to Him. Help us, Lord.